0: Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran.
1: Tonight we continue our annual Leaders Digest series and exploring the subject of the good society and what it takes to build it. From now till December ends, we'll be bringing through some of the finest leaders on our shores as we explore issues about the definition of a good society and how we can reclaim the key pillars of influence, namely business, religion, education, leadership, family, the media, and arts, and entertainment. And I'm sure that you have your own thoughts. Some of you have sent your thoughts already on this subject and have some questions for my guest for tonight, but let me just say that Springboard, your virtual university, the World Show, the SMS Academy, and all our other interventions focus on alternative education, informal education, and changing mindsets um, through the medium of personal development outside the classroom. But in my virtual lecture hall tonight, I hung out with somebody who is doing That raising the bar in the area of formal education, mainstream education. Probably a decade ago, maybe nobody knew so much about him and his work, but he's built, arguably, the most prestigious tertiary institution in this country and won countless awards over the years. He's somebody who makes me proud to be a Ghanaian. This year alone, he's done some amazing things, being named by Fortune magazine among the 50 greatest leaders in the world, also being mentioned for the Makata Award that raised the bar very high and made so many people talk about himself as well as his work. It's my honor to host him tonight, and it's my first time since he launched his engineering faculty, and by now you know who I'm talking about. Patrick Ewa is the founder and president of Ashesi University. Patrick, your campus at Berkusu confirms that excellence is possible
2: in Ghana. Thank you. Thank you very much, Albert. <laughs> Thanks for coming. It's a pleasure. Always a pleasure.
1: It's been a while. It has
2: been. Right.
1: I've been busy. <laughs> obviously, obviously. Let me let me pull back a bit and find out about about the a couple of things that have happened in your life this year. Particularly <coughs> the 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 award by the Fortune magazine and and the MacArthur Foundation recognition. Right. for, for <coughs> I've been for several years. I mean pursuing this vision that is so strong on your heart do these things provide the validation for the dream that is on your
2: heart yes they do um the the fortune uh, award and the macarthur award were um they were things i didn't know were in the pipeline so um the macarthur foundation for example gets nominations from around the world for their award and it's one of the highest awards in the United States and so um, and they wouldn't tell me who nominated me but they said you know several people did and then they do their due diligence and they talk with a wide variety of people in country and around the world in making that decision and so it's it's a huge validator in the sense that it tells me that a lot of people have noticed the work that we're doing at Ashesi they think it's 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 worthy of mention that it's it's remarkable, um, that it's extraordinary in some way, and um, and and that's I mean that's that's very I think good news for for a chassis. I think it's it's a valid data for my team, for the people who've worked so hard to make a chassis what it is. It's a valid data for our students and for the alumni as well.
1: Let, let, let me find out about your engineering faculty. That was launched a couple of weeks ago?
2: Yes, we launched it formally uh, just a few weeks ago. You've been yes. about it for years. Yes, you know, my training was in engineering, and when we set about uh, starting a chassis, we knew engineering was a high priority, uh, uh, but it's an expensive thing to do, and we we decided to postpone starting an engineering program. We've been working actively on this, since 2012 when we moved to our new campus and we just we asked ourselves what should the next thing be we thought engineering should be the thing to do so it's been three years of consistent hard work to design the program to raise the money to get it started to get a building done to hire the first the core team and to recruit our first set of students
1: I'm going to be narrowing down on our big subject for today but just, let me just find out from you what what has what has been the moment so far that has made you feel that all that you've put in so far is worth it? That one single moment that was that a hard moment for you so far on this journey?
2: You know, there have been many moments uh, along the way. I would say that the the most touching moment for me occurred this year. uh, I was having lunch with a student and she told me her story. Uh, She grew up in northern Ghana. Her family fell in very hard times. She went to, she moved to Kumasi to be a kayoye And um, she basically paid her way through high school as a porter in the market and she applied to a uh two years ago uh, was accepted but didn't have enough financial aid uh, she applied again this year and she was accepted and you know when she tells me her family story and I'm not going to repeat all of it here uh, but it's a very heart-wrenching story and she described herself as the luckiest girl in the world. Mm. But the story she was she was telling me didn't sound like the luckiest girl in the world. Uh, but at uh, that moment, I thought, okay, the work that I'm doing has really transformed this woman's life in a very profound way. And I'm very fortunate to be in a position to affect somebody's life in such a way uh so th- this is very recent you know i went to my office and cried wow did you realize the word yes used
1: you call yourself fortunate it's the same word she used is that what, is that what you live for
2: is that what, is that what pushes you is that what drives you it's you know i i've learned to be very grateful uh for my life, um, you know, because I, I I meet people who have had less opportunities than I have had, uh, who consider them, themselves fortunate, and these days, even when I'm encountering a difficulty, I'm I'm grateful for it. <laughs> I try to approach my problems with a sense of gratitude, because I feel like if I, you know if i handle this problem if i'm able to solve this problem it actually makes me better in some way and i'm grateful that i have the opportunity to tackle this problem
1: have you changed as a person
2: i have i think i've grown quite a bit i've become a little more mellow (laughs) If, if you can imagine that i've always been quiet but there's been a certain intensity about me um i think that's mellowed out a little bit and, um, you know, I've, I've become a lot calmer, so uh, there are not very many things that shake me anymore.
1: Do you feel that you have a greater sense of responsibility?
2: I do. I, I do feel like I have a, a great, I have a great responsibility. Um, I have to work with my entire being, mm-hmm. and there are people who depend on me executing well. But I'm not alone, I have a very competent team, I have growing support, and um, so the burden is not all on me anymore.
1: You string together a, 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 a big team of financial supporters, stakeholders all across the world, people who support your dream, what is it that makes them attract, What what is it that, that attracts them to your vision, what, what do you think is the
2: big thing that attracts them? I think there's a lot of goodwill in the world and the world, uh, you know, the world will be a better place um, as Africa advances and there are lots of people who believe that. Uh, The support that I have had started really from you know, my family, from people that I worked with at Microsoft. And they were supporting me initially because they liked Patrick. They trusted me. They um, they wanted to help me be successful at this new thing I'd set up on. Um, over time, I think what is happening is people are seeing a real... Uh, Success, a real contribution in the world that Ashesi is making. And people want to support that. People want, you know, Ashesi is is a good story coming out of Ghana, coming out of Africa. And uh, people gravitate towards that.
1: Let me zero in the, on the concept of a good society. And if you just joined us, my guest is Dr. Patrick Awa of Ashesi University. One of my... The player we really, truly admire, and he represents a lot of what is, is beautiful about being Ghanian. And you're trying to distill what it is, what, what makes uh, what what makes a society a good society. And Patrick, I'd like to find out from you as you know that as a fellow of the the Africa Leadership Initiative in West Africa, uh-huh. the, the the concept of the good society is something that is at the very core of everything that we we'll talk about and discuss and aspire to in your own mind, what would you call a good society?
2: It's hard to say it in just a few words, except that I think that a good society is one where the most people have most opportunities to 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 achieve their full human potential a good society is one in which everyone has a sense of well-being and a good society i think is one where the golden rule is very strong that people do to others as they would have done to them Uh, this this is my sense of what a, a good society is and you know there are lots of things that go into making it happen but certainly you want people uh, who have integrity, you want people who have empathy, you want people who are... You, you want a strong educational system, good public health. There are lots of things that go into giving people a sense of well-being in a society.
1: Would you think that the, this concept is idealistic? Is, is it attainable? Sounds like perfection.
2: Well, It is, you know, I don't, I think that, I think that it's, it's somewhat idealistic and I think that it's, it somehow feels like perfection, but I think it's worth striving for Uh, because the alternative is dystopia, right? So you can aim towards utopia or you can aim towards a dystopian future, and it's better to aim towards a utopia so even if you don't get there you still have um you still have progress in your society
1: let's distill this concept in the area of business you talk about a place where people can pursue their potential people's well-being is protected good education healthcare and generally the golden rule people have integrity and do to others what they would expect others to do to them. How does this play out in the area of business? What would you call a good society in the area of business, for instance?
2: Well, in the area of, of business, um, you know, you have many different people. Look, when I started a chassis, one of the things I said to myself is, I want to create an organization, I want to lead an organization that I would want to work in if I was not the boss. I want to create an organization that I would want to work in whether I was a man or a woman. I want to create a university that I'd want to be at whether I was a professor or a student. And that's what I mean by, you know, empathy and the golden rule. Um, So in the area of business, it means that you set up an environment and a corporate culture where people are protected from things like sexual harassment, where people are given opportunities to grow individually, uh, professionally, um, where people are not abused in some way, um, where hard work is rewarded, uh, where performance is rewarded, and where people, you know, are... Um, where you also don't tolerate uh, you know corruption and theft and things like that right so this is how I think it manifests in in the corporate world it's what I'm trying to certainly achieve in the organization that I lead. What
1: is the role of leadership in building a good society?
2: uh, uh, Leadership is everything Um, I think the leader sets the tone That's the example. Um, The leader challenges people to to live and work a certain way. Uh, And um, a leader inspires and convinces people uh, and influences people to behave a certain way.
1: Inspire, convince, influence. Words from Patrick You were the founder and president of Ashesi University. I have so many things I would like to ask him, and you send some of your questions ahead of time in a wide range of issues from Senji to personal example. I'll be I'll be asking him to speak to those issues. But let me remind you if you have any thoughts that you would like to share, or if you have questions for my guest for tonight. Kindly send them on WhatsApp 024 9999555 or just post them on my Facebook page and I'll be engaging him on some of those issues. When I come back, I'll be asking him Is Ghana a good society? And if not, does he have any prescriptions about how we can pick up the pieces and move in that direction? Let me take a couple of minutes to remind us all of our commitments that we made at the beginning of the year 2015. And Patrick, just as a, a way of letting people move away from the usual um, New Year resolutions, at the beginning of this year, we got our listeners to sign up to to some commitments that they would they would pursue, as it were, all year through. And we remi- chose to remind them every Sunday of these commitments, and very simple commitments. One of them is to read a good book every month. Right. And we take the liberty of recommending... A book every single Sunday Last Sunday I think we recommended Who Move My Cheese Today we are recommending How Successful People Lead By John Maxwell It's a book we would like you to uh, Look out for and read okay. And you will find it very helpful So all of you out there That's the reason why we do what we do the second one is to attend personal development interventions. That's to augment whatever we do in the area of formal education to attend personal development interventions. And even if they're not in school and they are working to add value to themselves by finding things that can, can literally add something to whatever they are doing. And let me just say that you've been part of Springboard in the past, uh, over the years, and um, the 10th edition of Springboard comes off next year
2: okay yes
1: the 10th edition of springboard comes up next year and it's going to be um springboard at 10 so we are putting together the springboard stories individuals who have attended and and just thinking about the young lady you mentioned i mean there are several people like that that we've met uh, along the in our journey across the country people who felt that but for that intervention they would never have gotten that kind of chance and it's just always so humbling and Today is exactly 80 days to next year's edition of springboard That starts on Wednesday, the 27th of January from Sunyani and travels all the way through to the grand finale in Tequire on Wednesday, the March March the 9th. And it's a 42-day nationwide journey that will bring together 30,000 attendees in an absolutely phenomenal experience. We are really thinking of something very special for next year because we are making it an alumni reunion. Just bring it together people who have been through and they will be the centerpiece, the focus. So they will be the speakers and we will just support what they are doing just to showcase what has happened over the the past 10 years. I can't, I'm looking forward to it so much and let me just remind you all that this is the last week for you to submit your stories if you have not as yet done so already. We are rounding up the compilation so if you have a Springboard story that is compelling between now and next week Sunday, send it by email to stories at springboard.com.gh We want to publish these stories and let the whole world know What has happened to you as a result of just a little intervention called Springboard? We also are reminding you to sign up to the SMS Academy, and that's your third resolution. And this November, we continue with our Encyclopedia of Thought. We share one word every day, and today the word is expansive. And brainstorming must be expansive and all-encompassing to ensure that great ideas are not excluded from the process, and this is your hundredth word if you've been following the series so far. The hundredth word is expensive, we just are deliberately improving our vocabulary on the SMS Academy, and that works by phone every day. We send you some thoughts that you can work with. And this, this, in this series, we are giving you one word that you can add to your vocabulary, Patrick. And we got an idea from one professor called Nido Kupen, who says. He traveled from Jordan to America and didn't know any English. And he said to himself, listen, I want to become the greatest speaker in America. <laughs> and he was sharing the story of how he learned the language and how he improved his vocabulary. And he said every single day, he learned a number of words, 10 words a day and their meanings and put together 60 words in a week and used one day to revise all the words that he had learned. And so in that way, he learned about 3,000 words a year. Wow, and he went on to become the president of the American Speakers Association. This so was somebody who knew no English at all, and you should hear him speak. He speaks with he speaks so well for somebody who knew absolutely no English. So that's one thing that we are doing as part of the interventions. Very interesting. Very interesting. So the fourth is to prepare a 20-year plan, and the final one is to deliberately build social equity. My guest for tonight. Dr. Patrick Awuwa of Ashesi University. We are exploring the good society and what it takes to build it. So far, he's been sharing some thoughts with us. And if you just joined us, let me summarize them for you as is my custom. The first thing he said was that a good society is one in which all people must have opportunity to pursue their full potential, a society that seeks the well-being of people, where there is empathy and the pursuance of the golden rule. He talked about education, healthcare, among others. I asked him whether those thoughts were not idealistic he says they may sound ideal or they may even build on perfection but we must aim towards utopia or the alternative is dystopia the third thing he said concerning business, the good society at work in business was that his desire was to create an organization where if he was not the boss, he still would want to work in that kind of organization where it's a meritocracy and corruption is not encouraged the fourth thing he said is that the kind of leadership is everything, and the kind of leadership that is required is leadership that challenges people and inspires people to be the very best that they can be. Patrick, let me ask you, looking at the, the definition of a good society, would you call Ghana a good society?
2: I think that there are things about Ghana that are very good, and I think that there are things about Ghana that need, to, that need a lot of improvement. And you know, I, I guess you want me to elaborate. Forever.
1: <laughs> so, how does look on my face? Is that all?
2: <laughs> well,
1: look. yes. W- so, what is good about us?
2: Look, I think Ghanaians uh, really genuinely uh, want to have a peaceful society. Ghanaians want to get along uh, with their lives and their businesses. Um, I think that the family structure in Ghana is very good uh, where families look out for each other. Uh, We have a lot going for us uh, as a nation. Uh, The things that are not so good about Ghana, um, there's a lot of dishonesty, especially um, in the public sector. We hear about all the time corruption, um, you know, and it's a it's a real problem i think that the educational system is quite weak and not only is it quite weak but uh, a lot of people in charge don't even want to admit that it is that we have problems and until we confront the problem and admit that we have uh weaknesses that need to be addressed we won't address them and in the end A country is going to rise or fall on the base of its human capital. And so the weakness in the educational system is one that worries me a lot uh, for Ghana.
1: Since you mentioned that, let me just just settle on that part. And just for the benefit of our listeners, when we sent you the brief on our seven pillars, you chose education, business, and leadership. Right. Evidently, this is the reason why education is the centerpiece for you. Right. So you, you talk about the fact that our education system is weak. And you mentioned that stakeholders find it difficult to admit that the education system is weak. In your in your mind, what is weak about education? Is, is it the curriculum? Is it the personnel? Is it the facilities and equipment? Is it the whole approach? What about our education system bothers you the most?
2: It's... Um a lot of it has to do with the approach to education, the focus on learning by rote of memorizing information at all levels of education. Uh, that's a big problem. It's uh, it's also sort of a teaching philosophy that does not encourage curiosity, does not encourage people to explore, does not give people confidence. and. So in a way, it takes a potential that people have to be curious and confident and to, and to do interesting new things and, and stops that. Um, but it's also, you know, the facilities, it's uh, the, you know, the, the personnel, the teaching that goes on or the lack thereof. Um, the management of our institutions, the management structure of our institutions are all problematic.
1: Let me ask you, from the perspective of an educationist, which is the biggest threat or challenge? Is it the primary level, secondary level, or tertiary level?
2: It's all of the above. I worry a lot about the primary level. I worry a lot about the tertiary level Um, so at the primary level first of all um, a lot of most students go through the majority of students go through the public primary school system and that system mostly generates failures I mean and by that I mean it most of the output of those schools are unable to qualify to get into senior high school and the people who go to the public schools are the ones who can't afford anything and for them the stakes are very high and it is to me very unfortunate that the state is letting them down so badly and this has been going on for decades Uh, so I worry a lot about that Um, at the tertiary level, you know, when someone enters a university, um, a good university is one where, um, let me put it this way, by the time you get to do a PhD, um, you consider any t- every textbook to just be an opinion, <laughs> right? Right? So, um, you're sort of on a quest for the truth, you're on a quest for being developed to be an innovator to search for new knowledge to search for new meaning and yet we have an educational system at the tertiary level where students are really forced to memorize facts where some of the professors are just plain bullies if they tell you the answer is A and you tell them you think the answer is B and you even give the evidence for why the answers be, they get annoyed and they fail you.
1: I, I, this sort l- of thing, l- let
2: me, let I think, me, worries me a lot.
1: Let me add some perspective to this particular point that you make. And I, I have so many questions coming in, but let me just pick this one and I'll go down to my my Facebook um, list of questions and then see if we can pull out a few of them. But I spoke to somebody who was doing a, a master's program and this person was telling me that she was marked down as the C mm-hmm. for choosing an argument that was different from what the lecturer had given and it wasn't even tangentially opposite I mean, it, was, it was just a, a different way of expressing it and she provided the details and everything and the guy was, uh, she "Ah, uh, just give me, why are, you, why are you changing what I give you and she says but this is a master's level and right. the guy went ahead and gave her an F and she protests and says, well, I mean, you can't do this and writes to the higher authority and the thing comes back, the remark, and it comes back with a B plus ostensibly because you don't want to validate the student by giving them an A and, and giving them the impression that the lecturer didn't do what they're supposed to do. But is that what we are building our institutions for?
2: It's, it's not what we should be building, but it's what we've built. And they even have a phrase for it. It's called PhD, pull him down, Right or pull her down but it's not just pull him it's also a push him down push her down kind of culture
1: and what are the consequences of raising people who can't question the status quo who can not debate
2: issues who can not provide alternatives the, the the obvious consequences of the status quo remains and so if you think that the current state of ghana's economy is the right one well we're, we're educating people to maintain the status quo. If you think that Ghana should be better or should be different, then that educational system is not enabling that.
1: Do you see a link between what our educational system has produced and the quality of leadership that we have today?
2: I I do. I I think that the educational system has been um, very hierarchical. There. are times when you go to a lecture and uh you know somebody has made a uh, someone has presented some research results or something and when it comes to Q&A time the department says you have to wait for all the professors in the room to ask their questions before students can ask questions this sort of hierarchy um really makes people timid and it makes people subservient but it also creates bullies people who want to get to the top feel that their word ought to be final and and because they've grown up through that or been educated through that system they also learn not to listen Um, so they they stop being students in a way Uh, and I and I think this is this is unfortunate because Ghana needs to be Moving, We need to be innovating. We need to be growing our economy. We need to be very clearly aware that we're operating in a global economy and we need to be globally competitive.
1: At and the end of this interview, I'll be asking you your top three prescriptions for us as we seek to build a good society. But Richard from Adenta is asking, I'm sure it's a follow-up to the question about um, having lunch with the students. She says, is it true that you queue with your students to buy food at the canteen? And if so, is it a true sign of good leadership?
2: I do queue uh, at the canteen, at the cafeteria, on campus, Um, I, you know, I think that it's a good way for me to uh, interact with students, to be available, uh, to not have a barrier between me and the rest of my organization and and between me and the students.
1: Solomon Lamptey is asking, what would be your advice to, he's referring to Sinchi and his first question is about whether participating in that stakeholder forum doesn't tag you as being pro one political party or another and then he follows up by asking what your advice is to technocrats and other accomplished personalities like yourself who are contributing to building a future for this country
2: well so I'll answer the first part of the question about Saint Chi and whether it makes me partisan in some way Um, you know I got a call from the, from the vice president's office asking me to come contribute towards a national dialogue and I was happy to do it, it was an honor and a privilege for me to do that. Um, you know, I really would like to see Ghana uh, advance and be successful and because I want to see Ghana be successful, I want every president to be successful. I want every administration to be successful, and um, and any administration that asks me to make a contribution, um, I will make that contribution. Right. And I think that as citizens of a country, we ought to be uh, looking at looking out for the best for the country, uh, and not be only looking at things through a partisan lens.
1: So, follow-up question from Eric Echoganza on the same issue of Senchi, and maybe it, it ties up a bit to what you just said. He says, "How do you feel when you spend your time and energy to come up with um, good economic recommendations, like happened at Senchi, and it's ignored? Considering that other countries may value your expertise even more." This is from Eric Ekogansa also writing on
2: Facebook. Well, I don't, I don't think Senchi was ignored. I, I think that there's steps being taken uh they may be happening more slowly than people would like, but for example, the question the suggestion that the government uh, speed up work on the gas infrastructure and uh, deal with power uh, that's being worked on. Uh, it's going to take a while. Um, I have had, you know I want to step away from Sinchi and say I have had, instances where you know public offices have come and asked advice, we've given it, uh, they've ignored it, and I've seen that exact same advice implemented in other countries in Africa uh, and be very successful and when I see that, um, I feel a little sad for Ghana, um, that, that the people in charge who don't always listen and who don't even pay attention to the evidence in front of them. And uh, I wish they would. But
1: well, you, keep, you keep moving on.
2: But I keep moving on. I think we all have to keep moving on. I, mean, I don't think there's any question. We all have to maintain hope. We all have to do what we can when we can.
1: 16 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock. If you just joined us, the voice you just heard is the voice of Dr. Patrick who are the founder and president of Ashesi University, sharing his thoughts on the good society. Some very compelling thoughts that he's sharing tonight, and I I find it very invigorating, and I'm sure you also do. Um, Talking about all of us moving on and adding value at every level, I have somebody else on the line that wants to make a contribution, somebody I also believe is making... A unique contribution to the building of this nation. Franklin Kuju is the founding director of Humani Ghana. Franklin, good evening and welcome to Springboard.
3: Good evening, Albert, and good evening to Patrick, uh, two great friends of mine.
1: So, uh, have you been following our discussion so far on on the quest for a good society?
3: Yes, I have. Um, And I'm encouraged to hear Patrick uh, elaborate essentially what the fundamentals should be in a good society. I think he mentioned the issue of meritocracy, which I think is seriously lacking in our system. Um, I would want to add to that the issue of being pragmatic and, and obviously honesty. I think he also mentioned honesty as, as part of uh, what he considers to be part of a good society. Incidentally, these three words, pragmatism, honesty and meritocracy, happen to have been the bedrock for the development of Singapore. Um often when we speak about what a good society would look like, uh we tend to think that we it's just about institutions. Uh but as Patrick and uh, Albert yourself have always said on your platform, it's essentially the good in us that ought to come out first. So if we are not if we do if we are not honest, if we do not believe in meritocracy and, and again if we are not pragmatic, uh unfortunately the other institutions that are needed to build a society, like the rule of law, uh, the issue of decentralizing uh, power and management of resources, um, the issue of property rights as an honest acquisition of property and disposing of in an honest manner as well, in addition to the fact that people should be free to contract uh, and then be free, for, free from contract or free to contract. Affordably, uh, we would never get to the, the, the promised land. So for me, um I think this is an excellent conversation, and I think, um it, it's needed, and we should be having more of such conversations. Let me just add a little bit to, um uh, I mean, to boost Patrick's morale. I mean, I'm sure he's been, uh, he's been told of a publication that is making rounds, essentially coming from one of our kind. Um, I won't mention the author's name. Because I found it really disgusting. Um, this whole idea of trying to pull people down, trying to essentially put people down as well, and not recognizing the efforts of people is is, is really unfortunate. Some of us were were not surprised, by the way. I mean, the moment Patrick um, was named for that uh, prestigious award, knew it was just a matter of time that some people would start questioning its credentials and even questioning the good thing it's doing for for the continent. I find these things quite despicable. However intelligent some of these criticisms are key. Uh, unfortunately um, that's a society we've been trying to create. So Albert, thank you so much for um, this platform and thank you for having Patrick as well in his calm humble manner trying to make waves for the continent uh, for Ghana, for the continent and for the world.
1: Frankly, let me let me just let me just add one one small dimension to the discussion. And and really, this platform is about celebrating what is good about us and and pushing all the way till we get to where we all want to get to. But let me just find out from you. Um, he talks about in response to the question by Solomon Lamptey. He talks about the fact that he wants to see Ghana being successful and to that extent he wants to see every administration being successful. I find that very, very interesting a very interesting approach. I would like you to comment on, on that particular point.
3: Well, isn't it the heart of a good citizen anyway? I mean, Patrick has chosen uh, to make sure that he's contributing in his own corner to deepening the, the should I call it the good aspects of our country. Um, but if, if, if leaders realize that and, and, and they ask him to give his views or contribute to the larger discussions about nation building, why not? I think it is important that, uh, leaders understand that it is not everything that they will know. And smart leaders are usually those who rely on smarter people than themselves in order to solve situ, uh, problems. So for me, I think it was a wonderful idea that Patrick, uh, actually decided to be part of the century consensus or century forum, I should say. And I think it makes a lot of sense to suggest that um, one's development, one's development is akin to a country's development. So irrespective of who is in power, as long as the person in power makes a rapprochement and understands that that rapprochement comes with some price, and the price being that you'll be given wise counsel, I think it is it is it is the best thing to do so for me that is the mark of a humble leader uh and as much as i can also add being pragmatic and i think that's what others should do really
1: frank let me add, let me just take let me just take pick your mind on one more issue before you go i'm talking about i want to ask about disagreement there should there will be times when in all as we all seek the good society we we'll have a different perspective about what it takes to build it some may believe let let me take the issue of even Senti. some may believe well let me go and make my contribution some may say well in my opinion um previous contributions have been ignored and therefore i will not go let let me ask you how how do we get to that point where we can vary in our opinions but still do it with grace and with respect well
3: i I would think that um to have the fora. to discuss these varying opinions and themselves as, as successful. Um, so the more we have such fora, uh, the better it is for the country. How we get to the situations, or the, sorry, how we get to that particular um, moment, when irrespective of who is speaking or irrespective of how the criticism has been has been constructed, um, we wouldn't be so angry and we would like to take on. Uh, whatever criticisms come on board, uh, I suspect it's, it's still some work in progress. And uh for me, I think every day that we 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 prefer solutions or we critique a system or we critique a particular problem, um is an avenue to learn. And uh I'm I'm particularly encouraged that um, there are there are options, there are platforms where alternative views can be shared. And I suspect those who like to dissent, without necessarily making what I call progressive, uh, uh, giving progressive solutions, would would somehow find their way onto such platforms. We only need to get better at it. I, I do not think that um, wisdom lies in the in, in, in the head or in the in the brains of uh, one person. And, and and if the leaders of the country would allow us to have views and they will be quite accommodating of them, why not? I also assume that while we are critiquing, um, it is also important to do it in a manner that may be understood, not to be entirely negative, but but actually uh, quite progressive.
1: Um, Final point, Franklin. If you had the whole of Ghana listening to you tonight, and I I push you to give us one prescription, that if the whole Ghana was listening and they would want to run with which one would it be? I know you may have several things on your mind, but let me just give you one that our listeners can chew on tonight, coming from Franklin you One prescription that Ghanaians should focus on as you seek to build a good society.
3: Well, thank you. I, I would think that we should, as much as possible, make it possible for our politicians to. Uh, we should make it possible for us to rely less on politicians. Because the more we are made to believe that our development, indeed, our wherewithal relies solely on the actions of politicians, then we may be shooting ourselves in the foot, uh, because somehow unfortunately, development is supposed to be bottom-up and not necessarily top-up. I I would think that once we take that particular challenge, that's not to suggest that we shouldn't uh, demand accountability of our leaders, uh, but in demanding accountability, we should ensure that we are playing our part and the moment we play our part by voting with our feet away from some of the decisions that come from from top up that do not necessarily yield to our benefits that is the moment we would have started asserting ourselves and asserting our real independence and the politicians who follow
1: thank you very much franklin kuju is the founding president of imani ghana and he was bringing his thoughts to bear on the issue of the good society, thank you so much, Franklin. And he ends by saying, 26 million Ghanaians must make their contribution, and it must be bottom up instead of um, relying solely on the political class. Let me take, let me take my guest Patrick your thoughts on that particular issue, and then we'll move on to his prescription for um, a good society. Patrick, your thoughts about what Franklin just shared particularly the issue of um, engaging the whole population in the developmental agenda.
2: I think it's interesting that Franklin uh, talked about Singapore. Uh, because in Singapore, um, you know, the government had clearly identified things that they were doing, but they also created a lot of space for the private sector to operate. And the, the government also made a point to not promise promise an easy path for the people, right? So they didn't promise that things were going to be free. They didn't say electricity is free, fuel is free, this and that are free. They, you know, they chose a path of pragmatism, of saying that people have to pay an economic price for what they use. but the government was also not obstructionist against the private sector. Um, and you know, Franklin is right that the, the people of Ghana need to be, need to have more of a can-do attitude and do a lot of bottom-up. But it is also the case that the leadership has to convince people that they can do that and the leadership has to create the space for people to do that and create the enabling environment for people to do that.
1: Four minutes to the hour of eight o'clock and I'm going to take a minute to summarize your thoughts that you've shared on the show and when I come back to you I'm going to ask you to give us a prescription for building a good society and just in case you just joined us I had a, I, I met somebody who said I didn't know about your show until one day when I tuned in three minutes ago and you summarized everything that had been shared and I said oh if all that was shared you one hour at least I've learned something in three minutes so let me just do what I do as, as, as part of the rule here on the virtual university try and summarize for the benefit of those who may have just joined us what our guest has been sharing and if you just tuned in my guest for tonight has been the founder and president of Ashesi University Dr. Patrick who was sharing some thoughts on the good society he defines the good society as one that creates opportunities for people to pursue their potential and one in which there is empathy the golden rule the well-being of police is pursued and all the various things education, health care are available the second point he makes is that even though this prescription may sound idealistic or perfectionist in nature we must aim towards utopia or we will find ourselves heading towards dystopia which is the alternative the third point he makes is that he sought to create an organization in which, even if he was not the boss, he would love to work in that kind of environment. And that's when he mentioned the meritocracy. The fourth point he makes is that leadership is everything, and leadership leaders must set the tone and challenge people to do the same. On the issue of Ghana and whether it's a good society, he says, there are good things about our society. We want to move on with our business. We seek a peaceful society. The family unit is something we can be happy about. On the flip side, he talks about dishonesty in the public sector and a weak educational system which he says is a big issue because our human capital, everything rises and falls on our human capital. The sixth point he raises about the quality of our education, learning by roots, our teaching philosophy, facilities, and then our management structure. I asked him about which aspect of our education bothers him the most and he highlighted primary and tertiary education. One of the most compelling things he said is that he wants to see Ghana being successful and for that reason he wants to see every, every single administration being successful. Patrick, in 30 seconds, what should we take away tonight?
2: I think we should, we should believe that we can be among the best in the world and we should work hard And we should really insist that we build a truly honest society. If we do these things, Ghana will advance.
1: We must seek to be the best. We must work hard and build a truly honest society. Yes. If you just join us... That's your prescription from Dr. Patrick Ewa. Thank you so much, Patrick, for making time to be with us. And we look forward to having you again on The Virtual University.
2: It's a pleasure. Thanks for the invitation.
1: My name is Albert Okran. And on behalf of Comfort, Matthew Amos and the entire team, God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you.
0: Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert N. E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus two three three two four nine 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 zero zero zero. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com,